I'm just doing what I gotta do. Fly than the rest of them. Still got my Nike boots. Fly than the rest of them. Fly than the rest of them. Fly than the rest of them. Still got my Nike boots. Fly than the rest of them. Fly than the rest of them. Fly than the rest of them. Still got my Nike boots. Still got my Nike Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, June. I'm here with my co-producer, Small Town EP. Yo, what's good? What's good? What's good with you, bro? How you doing this week? I'm well, man. You back? Know, we back. They freed we back. you from the shackles. He was, <laughs> he was sitting over there last week in timeout. My boy back. <laughs> I was though. observing. Observing It's and good reporting. to be with you again, bro. Yeah. yeah. No we mind. back. We back. No Live mind. effect. We got the NFC East this week. We're still doing our division breakdowns. Bear with us. I know it's... Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say anything negative about it. I, I think we've had fun. Ah, yeah, it's you been know, very we've enjoyable. been able to kind of break these divisions down and give our opinions and thoughts. The best part about it, though, is that for me, I don't take myself too seriously ever. If you know me, you know that. But at the same time, you know, when you watch TV, you watch sports, you watch whatever shows or podcasts or you know YouTube content you watch and. Um, you know, some of it out there is is all jokes. Some of it is way too serious. Some of it is just clickbait. Some of it is, you know, trying to gain traction. Um, what I will say is the good news is that all things sports doesn't operate that way. Nah. We just kind of give it how we feel it. And um, we, we talk we talk from here and, and, you know, let everybody know our thoughts. So if you're joining us right now for the first time, we appreciate you for joining us. You go follow us on Twitter at ATSPod and follow us on Instagram at ATSPodOfficial. I'm your host, June, as I said. This is Small Town EP once again. We're going to break down this NFC East for the 2022 season. There's a lot of things to get into here, E. We got no consecutive winner of this division. I don't know the amount of years, but it's been it's been a while since there's been a back-to-back winner. And um, the Cowboys, as much as they are the favorite every year or you know look to be that team that can finally strike a long playoff run, I don't know. This year don't feel too too optimistic for them. They came last year into the season, you know, off that hard knocks and you know, every team that does hard knocks is um is kind of hyped up and we get that extra love. Yeah, that's a so, fact. You know, we'll 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 dive into the Cowboys and what they have to look out for this year and and their additions and losses and scheduled games or key games, I should say. So before we do that and before we really get into this NFC East, I did want to kind of touch on some headlines because sports have been moving a little bit these last few weeks. No baseball, uh, no basketball. We just kind of got some summer baseball right now, but baseball is getting there. Right? Yeah. We're, we're getting to September, and everybody knows when it gets cold, that's when it matters, right? Uh, stars, are, stars are born. <laughs> Winter is coming. We got House of the Dragon, <laughs> episode one. If you watched House of the Dragon, episode one, shout out to you. Our cameraman, shout out to him. Special special shout out to Big Kev back there. Um, you watched it, right? House of the Dragon. Hey, don't be scared, man. If you want to you want to say something, you want to say something, man. Say something. Like I said, we don't take ourselves too serious here. We like to let everybody, you know what I'm saying, enjoy the vibe and, and, and listen to us and, and what we got to say. So if we want to start at House of the Dragon, I'll just kind of go there with it. Yeah, I, let's let's kind of give some thoughts, right? Like to me, the episode was 
entertaining from start to finish. I'll start there and say that. I was at the edge of my seat for some time. I sat back for a little bit. I was lost at certain points where I had to just kind of intake the dialogue because it was a lot. But all in all, I think they put together a great episode from start to finish and um, let us kind of get an outlook on how this season's going to unfold, right? Um, did you have any favorite part of the episode or um, specific parts you wanted to talk about? I really like the opening scene, to be honest. I thought that it, it it opened in a very like grandiose way. like It was like, what is going on? Yeah. And the backstory, the way that they tied everything, you know, from... From Game of Thrones into House yeah. of Dragons and things like that. I thought I think it's it's so far it's written very well yeah. and the cinematics are dope. Yeah. I love the fact that it was like they started off with the dragon in the air, so it's like we're gonna get right into it. This is what you, <laughs> this is what you want. This this is what you want, right? House of the what? <laughs> yeah, so I love the fact they just got they just got straight into yeah, it yeah. from beginning to end for sure. Now I'm not gonna lie, like. Seeing those dragons and hearing that they had 10 adult dragons, like, bro, that's crazy. And um, my favorite scene, I'd probably say, is the conversation between uh, Rihanna and Viserys. Okay. And he's telling her that she's going to be the heir and mm -hmm. winter's coming. You know, when, when the winter comes, all of Westeros has to kind of be on the same team. And it was deep because we had just saw in season eight of Game of Thrones that you know, winter, <laughs> winter Facts. came and it was all in, and more. It was all and more that everybody from from time had said. Right. So uh, this is a great way to just introduce, you know, what's to come for the next nine weeks. I hope we get 10 episodes. I don't see why we wouldn't. But supposedly the budget is like 200 million an episode. <laughs> like crazy. Shit is crazy. So. You know, once we up in that range and, and we got the hundred million dollar budget for the episode, yeah. you'll see a little Heard bit you. more and, and stuff. And you know, we might not be recording in and we might have our own studio, you know what I'm saying? But we ain't got that Game of Thrones money yet. You know who does though? Fernando Tatis. Mm. However, mm. he's gonna be losing a lot of it throughout his eighty game suspension. He's not gonna be able to play in the playoffs this year if they make it. He's not going to play in the World Baseball Classic. He's not going to start next season opening day. He's not going to smell that fresh grass in April. So there's a lot going on with Fernando Tatis and the Padres. Because since he's started his career there, there's been ups, there's been downs, there's been great times, there's been questionable times. And, you know, he's nothing to look at and be like, oh, you know, is he is he the truth? Is he not? We're not we're not worried about that. You know, this guy's averaging 292 with 300 hits already. You know what I mean? And this is a monster. All the stolen bases, all the great defensive plays, all the home runs, the celebrations. The you extra know, bases. Turning one into two, exactly. Um, and extra bases when that's not supposed to be an extra base. Those are the big, big ones. It's unfortunate that we see somebody who is injury riddled come back off of an injury that we didn't think the wrist was going to be as serious as it was. Yeah. I thought he was going to come into the season, deal with the wrist real quick and find Get it and, and it. keep it going. He wasn't able to do that. And now he has an 80 game drug suspension because of PEDs. And, you know, he says it's, it was a ringworm he had, which you have no business catching ringworm. I mean, if anybody, <laughs> that's just my opinion, <laughs> yeah, but facts, 
listen, he's also going to undergo shoulder surgery. So yeah. He's like, I'm already here. Right. I'm already here. Let me just get all this shit out the way. No, that's a huge, that's a huge blow for a Padres team that is a game and a half into the wild card. You know yep. what I mean? And Milwaukee's breathing down their necks right now at this point. And I'm on record saying they're just waiting for Tatis to get back yeah. and, you know what I'm saying, really kick this into overdrive. So at this point, it's like your pitching staff is, you know, questionable. They're looking shaky. You know what I'm saying? Blake Snell isn't consistent. He'll have a great game that he looks like Cy Young. And then the next game, yeah. he's getting slapped up. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you, this is a big blow for a team that is – fighting for their life to stay in the wild card right now. And a team that, frankly, just traded for Juan Soto, right? Which is interesting, right? It is, I mean, interesting is one word. I Coincidence mean, is another? In what sense? Like Dominican or nah, like Young Star? You think they knew this was coming? Knew this was coming. Okay, 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 okay. I see and what you're like, saying. And you know what? Let's just see what you're saying. He's, he's, so, he's in the blow. Possibly. I'll say possibly. You never know, right? The disappointing thing about this Fernando Tatis thing is that, you know, being only 23 years old, you're young, you have more money than anybody could count in five days. Like, <laughs> you, you're you from DR, so, you know, your dad played in the majors. You have that Steph Curry vibe of experience, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you've lived this life forever, but low-key, you know, you, you've been part of the mix. Now that it's your turn to step up and shine... You got the injury. And, and I'll say it again because this is his career, you know. There's the great, but you got to take the good with the bad. And the bad, it's it's what's crazy is how great he's been. The good and the bad are kind of mm-hmm. kind of equal. Facts. And the to me, the good outweighs the bad by a little bit. But the bad is louder than the good. The bad is always going to be louder than the good. And when your bad is being injured for half a season or, you know, getting suspended for half a season or – uh the bad that I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there because you know the unspoken rule. Mm-hmm. Kev, Kev even said it. Like he hit a grand slam in the eighth inning and they got mad at him. Like I'll take my guy hitting a grand slam in the eighth yeah. inning every yeah. day of the week. Um, but you know, there's that image, right? There's that target on his back, and he just has to do a better job of repairing his image. You know, owning the target on his back and knowing that, bro, you're a young, flashy player who already is one of the top five players in this game right now offensively and defensively you cannot afford to put your team in this type of jeopardy because your team is going all in behind your back signing you to the deal knowing that Manny Machado uh has to stay mm-hmm. going to get a guy like Juan Soto Josh Bell you know it's 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 the franchise has to be very disappointed in this right so regardless if they knew and then they got the Juan Soto thing and was like well we'll cover it up you got to be disappointed oh for sure and it's at the point where it's borderline embarrassing, personally for me, in the sense that, or I think that it is for the, the franchise. organization, yeah. Because um, you're gonna have to, de- you know, defend your player, and at the end of the day, it's not like he's a criminal, right? It's not like he broke the law. It's not like he's, you know, being, um, being like disrespectful to anybody personally. But it, it's, it's literally disrespecting your teammates and your mm-hmm. franchise at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And you not caring enough or putting enough thought into what you do. At a certain point, when you're making a certain amount of money, every single decision you make, I'd imagine I'm not making that money, but I'd imagine that every single decision you make has to kind of like, all right, does this make sense? Yeah, man, we're talking. Did we think this through? 
right? Generational wealth. I mean, changes lives. Guaranteed money. And he's getting that. He's getting it regardless. Regardless. Fuck the fucking ringworm. Fuck the injuries. Mm -hmm. Fuck the suspension. He's getting that money. Now, he needs to come back from this. I'm sure he'll learn. He's only 23 years old. He has a bright future. He's still going to be one of the best players ever. But this stain on his legacy early is better early than later because with A-Rod, the stain was salty because his career was already after that yeah. World Series peak. It was already like, you know what I mean? Or, But I don't, I don't think that Fernando Tatis is going to – Go away from this. Like, I don't think this is going to kill his career. You know, I think he's going to be able to come back, play really great baseball. People will forget about it. And, hell, win a World Series. You got Juan Soto. <laughs> you got Josh Bell, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado. You I got mean, Joe Musgrove on that, the mound. That's a, that's, a, that's a core. That's a core. And that's an all-star core. So, Chaminea. I can definitely see you guys winning a Super Bowl, <laughs> winning a World Series within this window. But you're hurting your team because this year, look at the Dodgers, bro. Walker Bueller just got his second Tommy John surgery. He's only 26 years old, I think. It's crazy, man. One Tommy John surgery typically knocks you out of baseball. You're younger than me or my age with two Tommy John surgeries. And it's sad because he's a great pitcher. The Dodgers are a great team who's consistently going to be in the World Series or be in the playoff hunt. And a team like San Diego has an opportunity right now, right now, to have caught up, passed, or stayed in, in that one-and-a-half, two-game stretch to go all the way to the World Series or play the Dodgers in the NL Wild Card or whatever, in the playoffs in the National League, and, and really compete. This is a big setback for your franchise, and yeah. you cannot afford it. I can't stress that enough. It's disappointing. Fernando Tatis, you know, I, I wish you the best, and, and I know you're going to come back as far as talent-wise. You'll be all right, but... You got to figure things out, you know, being more responsible with yourself. So um, he's definitely my favorite player. For and sure. It's, and it's disappointing to say it in this matter because it's like, damn, dude. But am I mad at him? No, I'm not one of those. It's like, oh, bro. Oh, my No, it's nothing goodness. like that. But at, at the same time, bro, you're 23 years old. You're one of the best in the game. You got to hold yourself higher to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. Chet Holmgren, if we could just kind of switch to the NBA real quick. Stay no on pun. the West Coast. Stay on the West Coast. We leave in San Diego. We're going to OKC. OKC. So I was thinking L.A. because you know Russell Westbrook, Pat Bev, e. but Chet Holmgren plays in the C. Oh, Seattle. That's what it was. It was a Seattle pro am game for Jamal Crawford's. Uh, you know, okay. Summer league. Um, which, by the way, did you see LeBron James played in that game Sunday or Saturday? And the crowd outside the arena at like there was a line. To get in the arena at like 4 p.m. the day before. It was insane. Oh it was insane. Beautiful. So he comes. LeBron plays. Jamal Crawford's there. Jason Tatum's there. A bunch of stars are there. And unfortunately, Chet Holmgren gets hurt during this Pro-Am game. And it's going to obviously put that look on Pro-Am games in the summer in general. Like, hmm, mm. do I want my franchise guy going out there? Do I want Playing my... Pick up ball with the homies. Whether he's young or he's old. Um I wonder if we're going to start seeing this in, like, some clauses and contracts. Like, you will not be playing Summer League if we're going to pay you five-year max contract. <laughs> You're not playing a goddamn lick of Summer League. You could come train at the Miami Heat Arena. 
from 8 a.m. No matter of fact, you can come here at fucking 4 a.m. And you can be here till 11 p.m. All right? You're not going to the Pro-Am. I don't care if Jamal Crawford tells you, you know, they're going to basketball in Seattle. We don't care. We don't do it. We're not doing that. No, nah, I respect that. Number two overall pick, gone for the year with a list Frank injury. And whether that has to do with the fact that Summer League or, you know, playing exhibition ball did that to him or the fact that, hmm, was Chet Holmgren not ready for the NBA? Is he too weak right now? Is his body type not uh, NBA strong ready? enough? Yeah. Is he too fragile? And those questions have to be raised with all due respect to the number two pick of the draft. And, you know, I was giving Kev a hard time earlier as far as why I think that he might not be ready just yet. And, you know, I don't know if I'm still skeptical as far as him transitioning to the NBA. I am, too. He has the skill set. He's got size. The talent is there. You know, he, he understands the game. He's not a bonehead player. He's a mature kid. Everything's there. But sometimes there's just that disconnect from watching it happen in college so smoothly to thinking and believing it's going to happen in the NBA. And I think that this clip, if you go watch it, is a perfect example. You got LeBron James running a fast break. It gives him a shoulder. And I don't know if he made him put all that weight on his foot. And obviously, one little tweak, one little twist, it yeah, can happen whenever. It's ironic that you play one of the more physical specimens in the league and this is what happens. But it's like, damn, you know, you kind of could have saw this coming from the outside perspective, from just a fan, from just somebody who's looking at Chet like, damn, he's really skinny. I don't know if his body's ready. Mm -hmm. That's what the first idea that I came up with. I was like, damn, that, clearly he's not. And, yes, he's not. I'm not wrong about that because we wouldn't be talking about this right now. But um, do I think that this is going to, like, stop him or, you know, alter his career? I don't think so. I think that whatever career he was set out to have, he's going to still have it. He's going to start fresh next year. And it's going to be very interesting next year when we're talking about Chet Holmgren against the new draft class. Yeah. The class and is he going to be mm -hmm. the best player in the rookie class? Because if Chet Holmgren is a second-year NBA player who was hurt all season and is not a Rookie of the Year candidate, that's trouble. I'm expecting him to be. Heard I'm expecting that. him to be. I don't know. I, I'm not expecting him to be there. But, you know, I, I, I've always said that I don't see his game transitioning. Hmm. Uh, and it's specifically because of his body type, really. I just don't see I just don't see it happening for him. I hope it does. You know what I'm saying? I'm not wishing yeah. it not to happen, right. but I just don't see it. I don't see it personally. Sure. Best wishes to him. Best. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a lot of people that I want to give my best wishes to. <laughs> if I can, I'm going to start with the Giants. And it's Daniel Jones <laughs> in his fifth year, his final year as a New York Giant. Daniel Jones has been nothing short of underwhelming. I remember specifically, shout out to my boy Jay Boogie. Shout out to him. He was on the podcast last week, AFC East Update with Kev. They debated on the Dolphins and Jets. We talked about the Patriots and Bills. You can find him on Instagram at Poplink. He's doing anime. He's doing Thanks. you know Marvel. He's doing all that nerd shit. He said it's <laughs> I can say. All that nerd shit, if you're into it, go find it at Poplink on YouTube, on uh, wherever you get your information, social media-wise. Go check them boys out. But, um, yeah, I mean, me and me and Justin were sitting in my living room watching the draft, 
And rest his soul, Dwayne Haskins was still on the clock. And the Giants were like, we're going to get Daniel Jones. Something about this kid from Duke. I know. Duke. <laughs> ACC quarterback. Not UM. Not Clemson. Yeah. Duke. Duke. Like, not, not Duke. Basketball. Not the point guard. <laughs> the quarterback from Duke who oh, ran more than God. he threw. Facts. For some odd reason, the Giants felt comfortable selecting him at the top half of the first round. And I think that the Giants, ever since, like, Saquon Barkley, mistake, right? Because as great of a player he is, it's not somebody that's going to turn your franchise around overnight, especially the fact that he can't stay healthy. And I'm hoping for a big year from him. I'm hoping for a healthy year from him, just like McCaffrey can come back and, you know, really show what they're capable of and why they were drafted so high. I'm not saying he's not worth a number two overall pick or number three or whatever the case was. Number two, right? Saquon, because I think Darnold was three. So I'm not saying he's not he wasn't worth it. What I'm saying is that the Giants were not in position to draft a guy like Saquon Barkley. If the Giants mm-hmm. used that number two pick to draft like a Quentin Nelson to really change the the uh, attitude of that offensive line, we might have seen a change already. They went and got a Will Hernandez. They would have been straight on that left side of the line. Straight. I swear. Because who needs a running back when you have nobody to block for him? You don't even have a quarterback to block for. So we have to start in the trenches. That's where football is won and lost. And I get it. You you get to a point where, as a coach, you're on your last years, right? You, you're forced to make these crazy decisions because you have to win. If you don't win and perform, your job is online, right? So you're going to force the guy above you to make the decision so that you can be saved. And all in all, both y'all jobs is done, right? Yep. And that's what we saw. Giants are starting smooth with a new GM. They got a new head coach. And this is their last year with Daniel Jones. Especially <laughs> in a division as volatile, like, like as management and, like, coaching, like, staff-wise as the NFC East. Because they get you out of there. Yeah. Which, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, it's, a, it's such it's a, a winnable. Win now. Di- yeah, and it's such a winnable division. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys literally beat up on each other all year. <laughs> and then scrap it out versus the rest of the teams, you know, throughout the season, you got to find a way to put this shit into, in, you know, put pen to paper. And Kenny Galladay, for example, you signed him in free agency, non-existent last year. Mm-hmm. It's a result of your quarterback. It's a result of the mm-hmm. fact that Saquon Barkley can't stay healthy. It's a result of the fact that you've drafted maybe one or two, I think two, because they drafted one this year, offensive lineman in the first round. Like You have to put more attention to you know the little details that's going to win you football games. And as the Giants, it's been a lot of disappointment. I say all that to say this year bodes excitement for me. Okay. I'm not a Giants fan, but if I was a Giants fan, shout out to my Giants fan, shout out to Ann, shout out to my cousin Carlos, shout out to everybody else, you know, out there in uh, Flushing <laughs> Meadowlands, <laughs> wherever they play. Oh, um, it's promising. If you know that, all right, right now, we really just got to get through one more year, Daniel Jones. We get through one more year, we'll figure it out. Granted, you're going to be stuck at square one again. But if you do what you got to do and only win a couple three, games. four games, you might be looking at Bryce Young as your no. quarterback. And... Who can hate on that? Now, I this is the problem, though. This is the problem. The Giants are 
as bad of a team they are, that's how they bring it together collectively. They have talent on the roster, right? They have Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. They have mm-hmm. a, a uh, Saquon Barkley, a Kenny Galladay. They have. They just traded Evan Ingram to the uh, Jags, if I'm not mistaken. They have, or he was a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. They have a. Uh, they lost James Bradbury as well, <laughs> as well. Um, but they did draft Kayvon Thibodeau, right? Facts. Um, did. And an Evan Neal. So. There's talent on the and roster. They have, they have a Daniel a Daniel Bellinger tight end that's 6'5", 250. But like you just said, there's no O-line. So the quarterback, he can't even run a route quick enough for the quarterback to get it's him tough. the ball. You know, It's tough. So Sterling Shepard is, is a question mark in their wide receiving core. We're going to have to make a decision on what we're doing with him. Because of all the years he's been here, how many years has he been healthy? What has he produced? Mm-hmm. You know, Kadarius Toney. You guys drafted him in the first round last year. I think it was a reach. I don't think you go slot, small, undersized wide receiver at 16 at the time. But guess what? Hey, y'all did it, so you still have him. You guys drafted a Wandell Robinson this year, another wide receiver. I mean, you guys are just stacking up wide receivers like you have a quarterback. (laughs) I mean, I guess. I guess. Oh, man. Now, I think... This team right here is not too much to talk about. We're gonna get off of them. You know, I'm not gonna do the I'm not gonna do the the key games. This is like the Jets situation. Shout out to Kev. It's like the Jets situation. Just win. Whatever you could do, Whatever, yeah. just figure it out. Try to get five. Cool? Shoot for five. And maybe not. And so you can I get sound a ignorant. Good pick. I sound yeah, I'm being funny. And um but at the same time, I don't think the Giants are worth the true, true, true conversation. As long as Daniel Jones is their quarterback. And I'm sorry if Daniel Jones ever sees and hears this. I'd be honored if you do and flattered. Uh, leave a comment. But subscribe. Giants. <laughs> you could join the fucking show because the Giants don't need you, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Saquon can stay healthy and we can see a 15, 1600-yard season yeah. from him, though. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm excited for in there. And I'm also excited to see a Kayvon Thibodeau come back from his injury because, unfortunately, there was that – Dirty play. Thaddeus Moss lays a low chop block in a preseason game. And he goes down, declines the cart, walks off the field, and reveals that it's MCL sprain Mm. or ACL sprain, one of those. So Mm. it's never fun. He should be ready for the first game. If not, he'll be ready for, uh, you know, week two, week three. Where do we want to go next? Do we want to go to Philly because they have an exciting season? Yeah, we can go to Philly. We're gonna go, want to go to yeah, Philly? we'll go to Philly with All right. It. We'll go to Philly and I'm excited it. to talk about Philly because... Trip down the turnpike real The quick. Philadelphia Eagles will be the winners of the National Football Conference East. Attaboy. <laughs> I almost fucked that one up. NFC East, Is right? That what you're saying right now. They're ascending. They're getting better on paper. Other teams in the division are as well. Washington. Okay. But there's other teams, Cowboys, that mm-hmm. are kind of digressing. And a big, big blow, we'll talk about the Cowboys more, but you lose your starting left tackle until December. There's nothing There's nothing that's going to be able to replace that. And frankly, you might have to find his replacement because he's he's been getting hurt a lot. But back to the Eagles, solid, solid, solid on that offensive line, right? No questions. I'm not yeah. going to give them no questions. 
You look at their defensive backs. That's been a struggle in the past few years. They have a James Bradbury they got from the Giants. They have Darius Slay, all pro, all pro. Right? Avante Maddox has stepped up into his role, but they also have a Jarquiski Tart from San Francisco. And guys like that who have been in big moments, who have been in the league for a while, who have played elite football in the league for a while, coming together, all it could do is help. No, absolutely. And their defense is not even their exciting part. Now, uh, this is their defense is definitely, oof, I'm not even going to go there. Let's talk about their offense. Not for sure. Offensive side of the ball, the big question is like the Tua Tagovailoa situation. Is Jalen Hurts your guy or not, right? He's a guy who's played under five different coaches or coordinators in the last as many years at Alabama, at Oklahoma. He's then come into the league, had Doug Peterson. After Doug Peterson, now he has Coach Sirianni. He's just learning new offenses, new rhythms, new All plays. Yeah. And it's a good – it's like a blessing and a curse because you get to learn as much as you can from your new coaches, right? Who, Lincoln Riley, I mean, come on. Nick Saban, come on. And then you got a Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning head coach, QB whisperer, took Nick Foles and – and and won that Super Bowl in 2018. So you I mean, gotta while, yeah. While, while perspective is everything, I think that consistency is also important, especially for again, like we just said, a very win now division, yeah. win now league yeah. for that matter. You know what I mean? The interesting thing about this division is that it's always a cakewalk to the playoffs, right? You you for beat at each least other. two of them. You beat each other. Yeah, definitely one. You beat each other, and you get home field in the playoffs. Home field. So, with the offensive side of things, they didn't necessarily have a true number two wide receiver. I mean, Devontae Smith being out there as their first-round pick uh, from last year, and then Dallas Goddard, those are your weapons right there Mm -hmm. as far as offensively. But they've now added A.J. Brown in a trade on the draft. They still have a Quez Watkins who we can see emerge into a big role. 15 yards of reception with this kid. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Zach Pascal from the Colts. I'm going to give him a big up because I know what he's capable of, right? I've seen him in the slot. And Jalen Hurts, one of the biggest parts of his game is his brain. Mm -hmm. I think that he's a smart quarterback. He doesn't just make those bonehead decisions. He's also played for, as I just mentioned, the coaches, a lot of prestigious coaches and a lot of coaches who have figured out how to win, right? Mm-hmm. Winning football. Peterson, uh, Saban, and Riley. I just named three of them. Two in college, but winners. And when you instill winning at that position, we've seen it with Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is just a winner. Right, And as good as his arm is and as good as he is at throwing the ball, he's not the biggest arm. right? He doesn't make the most accurate throw every time. But he's a winner. He has a mentality. He believes in himself. Absolutely. Trusts his teammates and understands that if you give them the opportunity with the worst offensive line in the league the Bengals had or the Dolphins, you want to argue, he still went to the Super Bowl and played against the best defensive lineman. Granted, he lost. But... All in all, I think the Eagles improved a lot on offense. They've got their improvements on defense. I didn't even mention a Hassan Reddick right, coming over from Arizona. 
and returning to Philly. He went to Temple for college. Um, but, yeah, we're going to find out, you know, if, if Jalen Hurts is your guy or not this year. And he has no excuse because you guys had the last passing offense or one of the last passing offenses last year and the best running game, right? Miles Sanders shown he can do it. He can do it. He can be a very serviceable, serviceable back. He can take your team where they need to go, but he's not going to win you games every week. He's not going to be the reason. He's not Jonathan Taylor, right? Teams aren't going nightmares on Saturday night before they face him, but you guys don't throw the ball. You had the fewest pass attempts in the league. So, of course, of course you're going to see success in the run game. Well, not of course, but it's a good thing you did with a guy like Miles Sanders. He's going to have to keep doing that, but they're going to have to add and open up that passing game. And I think as a rookie first-year head coach, Nick Sirianni, you know, it, it, it's trouble. It's trouble. Like, at the end of the day, you're a rookie head coach. You're not going to just find success first day on the job. Yeah. Especially with a team who, in a division like theirs, and a quarterback that you're still kind of, I didn't draft this guy. Let's see what he's got. We're not going to give him the world, but we're going to you know, let him operate. You're kind of baby steps with it. You've had all of last year, Sirianni, a full off season of Jalen Hurts knowing that he's the starting guy again. And now preseason and what are we going to do now? So it's make or break for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, frankly, because if they have to go back to square Fact. one. And find a quarterback. Yeah, this team is a seven-eight minimum team win. Oh, like for sure. they'll win eight minimum to me, and they want to fight for that 11, 10, 11. But if you win eight games and get the sixteen pick of the draft, and your quarterback isn't that guy, yeah, because it's definitely not going to be Gardner Minshew for more than a game and a half, and it's definitely not Carson Strong out of Nevada. So. It, it it needs to be Jalen Hurts like they like you said to make a break like mm-hmm. it, like it has to be you or it's just not and <laughs> like you said we'll figure it out from there man I think AJ Brown is gonna bring a lot of fire to that offense um, and he'll help out his quarterback a lot I don't see how you get a guy like Brown you had telling uh, Brown playing with Tannehill Tannehill is not the best arm by far he's not even the best throwing top twenty best throwing quarterbacks probably. The fact that A.J. Brown is able to put up those numbers that he is able to put up, you know, from his rookie year, I don't see why he can't go to uh, Philadelphia and just transition right into that offense, mm-hmm. especially if they know that they want to make him a focal point. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that the Eagles have the best chance to win this division. Jalen Hurts has um, not beat Dak Prescott and the Cowboys since he started for the Eagles. I think that changes this year. Look for the Eagles to win both games versus the Cowboys. I'll leave it right. I'll leave it right there. Can we talk about the Washington Commanders? We're going to go to Washington. Is this their first year with the name? Yeah. Is this their first year with the name? Can we make some noise for them? They, Ooh. They're in this league. All right, all right, all right. You like the Commanders more than the football team? I was kind of quite fond of the football team. No, I'm going to have to say I do like the Commanders over the football team. Okay. that's I mean, hey, that's me. I, yeah. If you like the football team, you know, ju- just don't say the other word, you know, the R word, <laughs> which we can't say now. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the Commanders have one of the easier schedules. They face the Jaguars. They face the Lions. They face the Bears. They face the Texans. And they face the NFC East twice. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's as fair as it gets. 
Now, they have a logo. They have a team name. That Q word, bro. It's that Q word. Do they have a quarterback? Isn't Carson Wentz over there? Oh, yeah. No, every every team in the NFL has a quarterback. <laughs> Somebody's got to start. Are you, are you listening? Do they have a quarterback? And Heineke a, is over there too, right? Taylor Heineke. Shout out to him. Listen, last year I tried to sell the Indianapolis Colts all year behind Carson Wentz. And I was standing behind him, and I was proud to do so because he had a really good start to the season. He got hurt for a few games. But then we started to see the Carson Wentz of old. We started to see the guy who's showing his true colors. We're starting to see the guy who makes mistakes for no fucking reason. No reason. Sounds personal. it starts to hurt. And you have to like, all right, well, I can't defend this guy as much. And I had to take a step back like, all right, well, guess what? Look, we'll put it like this. The season is on you, Carson. We win one game at home versus the Raiders or on the road in Jacksonville. And we got a playoff seed. Hmm. I'll say this. I'm glad we saved ourselves from the embarrassment and didn't make the playoffs. The embarrassment was as loud as it could have been to lose back-to-back week seven, uh, 16 and 17 or 17 and 18 to a horrible team who got the number one pick in the draft and a team who, I mean, quite frankly, I don't respect as much because at the time, we're the better team. We're the way better team at that time. And we we this is the problem, the Colts. I'm not here to talk about mm-hmm. the Colts, but when you ha- your quarterback is the main point of your team. And whoever is behind the center leading them is going to show whether it's on offense or defense, week in week out, you'll know that this team has a starting quarterback who is respected in the locker room, who gets the job done. And as much as I was trying to argue that Carson Wentz was able to and at least be serviceable, I can't keep arguing for him, especially now that he's not on my team. So for now, it's going to be I have to see it to believe it. And I think that Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I think he can throw the football. I think he can. (laughs) he's athletic. But he holds on to the ball long. He makes bonehead decisions. He throws the ball when he shouldn't. He makes bad reads. He fumbles the ball. He gets hurt. He gets nervous. He gets rattled. And it's like you can't excuse it after a certain point. So, I mean, looking at this schedule for the commanders, again, it's it, I think it's the 32nd hardest schedule <laughs> in the league. But when you start off with Jags, Lions, Eagles, Cowboys, I mean, you got a really good shot to start your season off at a good pace, right? Two bad teams, non-playoff teams. And then two divisional games. Granted, you 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 have to look at the Cowboys and the Eagles games as like, all right, we got to come out of here with one win. We can't just go zero and two in the division and just be two and two after four mm-hmm. games because we beat the Lions and the Jags. Because that's going to kind of show you right there, like, all right, well, it's the same old Washington team. But it's actually not. This team has talent. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. Chase Young, who missed the first four weeks, is still on that defense. De'Ron Payne. They've got uh, uh, Montez Sweat. Sweat. Right? Mm-hmm. And and it, it and it's a bright future for a lot of young guys in Washington. And not to mention Antonio Gibson. 
who was a lot of people's favorite running back in fantasy late in the season. Um, but, <laughs> but it's the commanders. Yeah, there's no and identity. At, there's the no, the, that's the word, right? Organization the word is, right there. you know, they're, you know, we're not going to talk about it, but they're going through, you know, whatever they're going through. Internal investigations. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? We already know what they went through with the name because we're kind of highlighting it right now. <laughs> commanders, commanders, you know? They um, command shit for a while. Facts. Like, is it Carson Wentz? Is it Heineke? Is it Sam Howell straight out of North Carolina? Like, I mean, listen, if we're going to see Carson Wentz take a bench roll, at any point this season, <laughs> man's is cooked. Man's got to retire. You got to hang him up, dog. If you get benched this year, I'm not expecting to see him get benched. I'm not expecting to see Carson Wentz not be the starter unless he's hurt. I could see him hurt, though. I could see him, you know, staying in, staying in the pocket too long and not letting go of that ball and taking a hit. Unfortunately, but it's the reality of, of the type of player he is. So. Mm-hmm. Washington Commanders have a promising young core. The Washington Commanders have a promising uh, young defense, to be specific. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like uh, Benjamin St. Just. Mm. He had a good amount of tackles last year. Mm. Good amount of total okay, tackles. Okay, okay. couple pass deflections. Yep. Um, I like him to make a little statement back there in that secondary that needs uh, needs some leadership and needs some, uh, you know, some leadership, some direction back there. Fair. A presence. All in all. I think they lose both games to the Cowboys, (laughs) both games to the Eagles, and they can sweep the Giants. They truly can. Now, does this team win eight games with the schedule? Yeah, it's in their favor too, right? You look at their schedule and you have to think like, man, if this team doesn't win eight games, that's a bad fucking team. But the team isn't a bad team on paper. So I don't want to just go and – you know, try to call their call their will right now or whatever. But it's one of the, it's a lot of it is I got to see it to believe it. You know, that's just my idea on it. I can't just say, oh, look, they got here. Oh, look, they did this or oh, look. how? No, I don't know. You guys just signed Carson Wentz. This is probably the most unpredictable team in the league right now. So I'll leave it right there and we'll pick up with the last team of this NFC East Dallas Cowboys. And it's always fun talking about the Cowboys because everybody here knows a Cowboys fan. And, you know, we know what they go through on mm-hmm. a uh, week-to-week basis during the season and then throughout the offseason how frustrated things can be at times. But we'll look at the bright side first. You get a second-year Micah Parsons. I mean, to me, that's enough to be happy if I'm a Cowboys fan. You're going to tell me number 11 is going to be on the field for 17 games, causing a ruckus, getting interceptions, sacking the ball, fumbles, doing it all at the highest of his ability, too. Michael Parsons is a defensive player of the year candidate this year after being a rookie of the year last year. They've got a tough task week one at home versus Tampa Bay. Absolutely. And last year, I think we saw them open up against Tampa Bay, and Dak Prescott threw for about 406 yards, 58 pass attempts. And him and Brady both, you know, threw for over 350 yards and had over 50 pass attempts. It was crazy because it kind of, okay, is this what the NFL has been now? Is this what it is? We're just going to see. They were a couple, Dallas was a couple wins away from, from being number one in the NFC last year. Yeah. A couple uh, of. 
small wins. Win, not small wins, but wins that they that they should have gotten. Now, like you can't go toe to toe with Brady like that. I mean, you can because most people don't, you know, even get to play toe to toe with Brady like that. But that's one that somehow, some way, you gotta get man. Gotta find a way. Gotta find a way. So um, again, it's gonna be interesting to see how they deal with replacing Tyron Smith. Zeke Elliott, I mean, what are we going to get from you this year, right? Because Tony Pollard will gladly take your spot and plays to the level of serviceable starting running back in the league yeah. who you don't have to pay Zeke Elliott first-round money for and waste. You lose Amari Cooper, which I think is huge because he's one of the best route runners in the league. He's able to just get separation and get open. Um and that leaves you with your number one option being C.D. Lamb. I, I I believe, truly, that C.D. Lamb is destined to be a number one in this league, a successful one at that. I don't know that in his second year or his third year that he's going to be able to pan out and shape into that wide receiver and lead the Dallas Cowboys, you know. So I'm I'm kind of nervous for the Cowboys in that regard. They lost Cedric Wilson. And Dak Prescott, you know, it's not he doesn't have that healthy, you know, got to stay healthy thing. He plays and he plays good and you know, he understands the game. He doesn't make a lot of big mistakes. But man, something about Mike McCarthy coaching that team doesn't sit too well with me. And I don't think it sits too well with a lot of people in the locker room either. I will say, you know, having Kellen Moore as your OC and calling plays and you know, it's a big benefit. He's a quarterback, so he's Dak's type of guy. They're going to have that or continue to have that strong relationship. But that, to me, Dallas is always like a separated team. Like something's always going on. Something's always going on, whether it's an offensive lineman you lost, whether it's your starting defender, whether it's Dak Prescott getting the ankle. Like something's always going on, and it doesn't ever pan out to be for like the greater good facts. So Cowboys fans are always left just like unsatisfied by the end of the season, which last year ended fairly well, right? You lose to the 49ers in the cha- was that the championship game? That was a divisional, divisional game. game. You lose in a divisional game to the 49ers and I mean it's funny, bro. I was watching that game. That's why I'm just thinking about it like too many missed opportunities. And that's what the Cowboys seasons become mm-hmm. after year after year after year. Missed opportunities. Somebody couldn't stay healthy. Who's your quarterback? This year, you clearly see that your O-line is taking some hits. You still have a lot of good skill position players. And you have your franchise quarterback who's healthy, he's paid, and he should be happy. You can't ask for more in a division that one, you should win. This is the Cowboys division to lose. I know that I think the Eagles are going to win, but this is the Cowboys to lose. If you're going to play in this division and not win it, your team ain't built. Yeah. Your team ain't built. Facts. So I think we'll, we'll see a lot of what people are made of. We're going to see a lot of truths revealed this year in the NFC East. Daniel Jones. Jalen Hurts, you know what I mean? C.D. Lamb, I'm looking for him to step up and be a true number one receiver. Stop dropping the ball as he, he as he has, as much as he has, I should say. Before I talk about Zeke it, Zeke Elliott, can you continue to be that or grow back to that elite runner that you once were? 
before your position gets taken entirely and the team just has to embarrassingly cut you. Like I could see Zeke being cut. I could see Zeke being cut with an unproductive year or an yeah. injury riddled year. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping Zeke can stay healthy and, you know, get back to being that 16, 15 as well. Right. 16, 1500 yards uh, on the ground, but it's just a little unrealistic nowadays. And, and the division is getting better. That's what at least I'll, I'll say that I noticed. The division's getting better. The Giants are still down there. And until they get that quarterback situation taken care of, it's going to be much of the same. But the Eagles, the Commanders, and the Cowboys are all fighting respectively for a playoff spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe this uh, all the injuries that the wide receiving core is riddled with will have someone like TJ Varsher step up and mm. make a little name for himself. We got the low keys. You know? Varsher. Let me see. Uh, I mean, yeah, bro, that's the NFC East, though. I mean, we, we what we got next week? We got North, mm-hmm. AFC North, NFC North. Hopefully, Lamar Jackson gets a contract before next week. He probably won't, but you know, I'll be excited to talk about that whenever that happens. Um, do you have a winner? I already told you. I think that the Eagles win this division. Um, it's it's the Cowboys to lose, but the, but they will. I think the Eagles will win the division too. I think that uh, the wide receiving core and Zeke is gonna kill. It's just gonna it's gonna demolish that franchise for right now. It's just not a beneficial relationship that they have, especially and with Zeke. Yeah, I don't see Zeke. Zeke just looks disconnected. Looks like he may not want to be in Dallas anymore. To be honest, if I was Zeke, I'd want a fresh start. I would definitely want a fresh start. Clearly, that's not a Super Bowl contending team. Truthfully. And the years that they were, I mean, I, and I remember Aaron Rodgers throwing that first down. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember that uh, last year. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing uh, division this is. And I got the Eagles winning that, so I'll say that. I don't know that I have much else. Uh, nah, not really. You got any topics? You got KD anything? staying in Brooklyn. That's the one we didn't touch on. Yeah, and KD staying in Brooklyn. You know what's funny about that whole situation is, <laughs> I mean, KD has the right to do so, right? I mean, he, he, if you're feeling like you want to change or whatever the case, I'm not saying if you're under contract, just go and cry about it. But at the same time, you got to do what's best for you. And that's the perfect as a example human being, right there. As a and man, yeah. What I respect Kevin Durant for is the fact that he's able to go public with his inner thoughts and his his feelings, let his team know he wants to trade to these specific teams, figure something out for me. I don't want to play here with you. I understand we have Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. I just don't want to do this no more. To be able to go from that to weeks of uncertainty, weeks of offers and deals, weeks of Who's going to get traded? Is everybody going to wait for Kevin Durant to get traded so that we can get traded? Mm-hmm. To now, you know what? Let's meet up again, Joe Sy, and let's have a man-to-man. And, and let's put together a great plan for the success of the Nets 2022-2023 season. And it takes a lot because a lot of players, one, they're in the New York market. This is what's overlooked in my opinion because as much as people are talking about how Kevin Durant is annoying or he kind of held up the league I know Patrick Beverly shot out a tweet at him like yo people got jobs that they're not getting and 
this and that, which is crybaby shit because yeah. he's in the NBA. All right, Come on, bro. Right. He can do it. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, in a New York market, a tough market, a pressured, ridiculed market where you have to perform and play well to be recepted well from the city, you chose to stay ultimately, right? I mean, you had the choice at first and it was to leave. You kind of stood on that. But then you, you was like, probably, I'd imagine, what's best for Kevin? What's best for me this year? And I think that's not forcing too much, letting it play out, letting the situation be, and we'll be all right. So yeah, let's play I'm, ball. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he stayed in Brooklyn. I don't think Brooklyn's a true contender for the championship. I think that they'll have a good playoff. But, you know, we saw what, what happened to them last year versus Boston. So I forgot to take out these headphones, by the way. I was going to. <laughs> I got the old schools on. It's all. It is what it is, but. Man, good. that's the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm good. You, you got anything? Uh, nah, Champions League, you know, scheduling groups came out. Eight eight groups is typical. Okay. I'm really excited for, uh, I think it's the group A. Correct myself. Yes, Liverpool and, uh, and Napoli. Mm. Liverpool stomps on EPL, but uh, they just can't beat Italian teams. I don't know what it is. So You think they finally get over that hump? Champions League? <laughs> We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So, hey, LeBron, you better get on that team, dog. You better <laughs> tell them boys, man. Napoli ain't playing. Ocho Cinco, I'm sure Ocho Cinco fucking with Napoli, too, because he be using them in FIFA. So, shout to Ocho Cinco. Facts. And shout to uh, Terrell Owens running a 4-4 in Broward County at the age of 40 Down the street. From, yo, I watched the video. I was like, yo, yeah. that's down the street from the crib, Right man. there, bro. Right there. So, you know, again, special shout out to you, E. Yeah, right now. Co-producer, I'm June. Big Kev's behind the uh, camera there. We appreciate him. Y'all go follow the podcast on Twitter at ATS Pod and on Instagram at ATS Pod Official. Until next time, um, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. We got hopefully vlogs coming. We've, we're going to go to the games. We're going to be interacting with fans. So if you're at the game, hit us up. We'll meet out. Uh, meet you out there. Um, giveaways. We're going to get into giveaways for games and stuff like that. Basketball season's coming, so mm-hmm. stay tuned. Interviews, all Things Sports Podcast. We do got interviews. I'm going to say this because if you stayed this late, I appreciate you. We got DJ Reese. We got Bulletproof Soul working on that. So uh, shout out to Tony and Hewitt, too. We out.